Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. All right, inspiring people and places tonight. Tonight, yes, tonight. I am. Uh, I'm working overtime tonight. We got a Midwest active duty Army officer. We're on different schedules, so we're we're podcasting at night. I can't be more excited for our, our guest tonight. Tony Nash and I got connected maybe a year or two ago, and we're going to get into his his background and what he's got going on and. I know everybody's thinking, what's an active duty guy? He's not even he's not even an engineer officer. What's he doing on the podcast? So I think he's the only active duty army officer I've met that has a master's degree in urban planning. So that was the original, like, I got to talk to this guy. And we had, I don't know, 700 mutual connections and we didn't know each other. So Tony Nash, welcome to the Inspiring People in Places podcast. BJ, honored to be here. So like great I'm to have myself you. right now people, so people can <laughs> see that. Like, this is awesome. It's what you so built is incredible, not just now, with MCFA, but the, also the podcast. Massive fan. Thank you, buddy. What you're doing is more incredible, and I can't wait to dive in you. because you are inspiring. You're inspiring me with everything you're putting out there. I, I'm going to start by just telling everybody to go to your website, thetonynash.com. This guy did the most incredible CrossFit endurance punishment workout I've ever seen. Let's start there. Okay. Tell me what it was. The ergathlon. How, 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 yeah. how the hell you came up with it? So at the time, I was a sponsored athlete, promoted athlete through 10,000, which is a clothing brand, primarily in men's. It's like a Lululemon equivalent. So they like athleisure wear. Okay. Premium sports gear. And they were like, hey, we need to do some feats of strength. What are you thinking? And we went back and forth. We came across the ergathon, which is um, 10K on the rower. 20k or sorry 10k on the skier 20k on the rower and then 10k on the biker so if you've ever seen like a concept to machine anything it's pretty much all three of those and then we were like all right let's dial it up a little bit so it ended up being half marathon on the skier into a full marathon on the rower into a half marathon on the biker and then just to get, keep it spicy a half marathon on the assault runner which is like a self-powered treadmill came out to like 66 miles like pretty much in place 66 miles. And how long did that take you? Nine hours. So nine hours of endurance activity. Just back to back. Straight back through. Back. Yeah. I, I saw you had AirPods in. What were you listening to? Depending on which machine. So actually the whole this time. Guy has, this guy has a theme back. He's got background music based on the endurance event he's doing. It, well, it was actually audiobooks the entire time. Ah. So different audiobooks along the way. Ended with How Bad Do You Want It? Which is an endurance book where it talks about like, Olympians and things like that, where they come to their peak point of adversity and then how they kind of push through, you know, to kind of finish the race. Extremely impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. So we start every show not talking about 66 miles of endurance activity, but right. your career path. And, and what I'm most curious about is why you ended up getting a master's in urban planning. But let's talk about where where life started, where you're from, how you ended up at West Point and, and what's been going on in active duty. So at the end of the day, right, I'm just 
a kid from Buffalo, New York. And that's kind of where all my like fascination with urban planning started. Growing okay. up in the city of Buffalo, around Delaware Parks, really being influenced by Olmstead and the grid system inside of a city. Always just, I thought was so cool. Like I could walk to a Dar- the Darwin Martin Frank Lloyd Wright house literally down the street, which was like blessed and honored to grow up right over there. When I was in high school, my football coach ended up, was a West Point grad class at 80, hmm. said, hey, there's a shot. I was like, I'm a kid from Buffalo. Like, well, I don't know what shot I got, but let's check it out. Cause I knew nothing. Uh, fortunate enough to get appointments, you know, from my congressman and also the vice president at the time, who was Dick Cheney, did West Point. Then when that picked field artillery and Fort Drum is my first stop, went to Ranger School and then right to Afghanistan for some back-to-back deployments at the time, and then bounced around to Hawaii, Fort Sill. Hawaii, I, tough dude. Did you get to spend time there or were you deployed the whole time? So I was, I, that was stationed out in Hawaii. It's actually where I met my wife. Also a field artillery officer who's just a complete rock star badass. Who's deployed right now. So thank you for her sacrifice and for her service. Absolutely. uh, And and you being at home, holding it down. Yeah. And then we were able to stop at Cornell, went to Fort Leavenworth, not the prison, other side of the fence (laughs) for CGSC. And now we're out in the 101st at Fort Campbell. So most of my class, so people that went to grad school, there was like three tracks. One was you're getting out off active duty, you go get your MBA. The other is you're going back to West Point to teach, you're getting some advanced degree. And third was like, I think you're going into a functional area, so you're getting an advanced degree. It doesn't feel like your urban planning studies fall anywhere in any of those three. So talk to us about how you had that opportunity. Correct. So the, you know, there's different, when you come out of West Point, you have an obligation for obligation of service, right? Right. And you can kind of add onto that contract more or less where you can, you know, add time for, or like turn your reserve years into active duty years. There's some deal making you can do. There is some deal making, whether it be like state where you want to be stationed, what branch you want, or there was an option to go to grad school. So wherever I got into grad school, the army would pay for, and I could study whatever. Um, And I saw that and I was like, Ever since I was a sophomore at West Point, you know, a yuck, I wanted to go study urban planning. I was like, here we go. Opportunity. So I locked that in. And I was fortunate enough, like you said, to go to Cornell. And it just an incredible experience. You got to study grad school urban, urban planning. I have a question about that. But first, what was your undergraduate degree in? Uh, environmental geography. So okay. at West Point, you also have to do an engineer track. And I was also environmental engineering. All right. My question about Cornell, what was your favorite class during urban planning? Ooh, so being at Cornell, you have a lot of, a lot of flexibility in terms of the different electives you can take. And I was like, well, I'm going back to school, going back to this incredible place. I'm going to, all of my electives will be in a different school outside of architecture, art, and planning. So I was able to go to law school and study how to be a sports agent from the former GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I was able to go wow. take a class with General Casey, who was the chief of staff, talking about Buku. I was able to talk with, you know, different platforms, disruptive technologies, and understanding like silicon chips and how that impacts what <clears throat> we're doing, you know, with China, Russia, all of that. Um, I went to go become a small EA, the wine course. Like there's a lot of different wow. cool things I was able to do there. So Urban it's kind of like a choose your own adventure entrepreneurship course. That's exactly what I saw it as, right? Like I had to do my specific studies, right? Take different electives. So I was able to take like fascinating classes inside of the, tra- to your question in like traffic and understanding 
roads and infrastructure, but also be able to kind of branch out and understand like, what does it look like to be a startup and how does that kind of connect the dots through like infrastructure? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have any desire to use it when you, when you get off active duty and, and do you have an idea in what way? Thousand percent. Uh, right now, like any type just of, like, a, just a little, little insight to everybody. This is me beginning the interviewing and recruiting process just so that I'm clear on what's happening right now. Uh, city planning is always fascinating because I look at things, I think it was Carnegie that talked about palaces for the people when he looked mm -hmm. at like libraries. And I've always just been a massive fan of public space, walkable, walkable cities, things like that, where I geek out, like most of my books are either like military or something about, you know, how we understand cities and interact with the cities. And that was kind of my undergrad looking at the human and physical geography and how that all kind of mixes together. Very cool. Yeah. So do you have a, do you have a career path? that you're on right now? Like, do you, do you know you want to stay in for 20 or 30 or? I'm going to keep staying right? in as long as I continue to make an impact and I have, I enjoy it. And so awesome. far I've been around just incredible officers, NCOs, soldiers, the list goes on. And I've been incredibly blessed throughout my career. So this, go ahead. I was going to say 13 years has gone like that. I had, I, I was just looking at COVID pictures, like the last three years of my kids. And it's like, time just flies. I'm going to pivot now. All right. So active duty officer, you're currently an S3 in a field artillery battalion. Mm -hmm. And you have this passion project. I Talk do. to us about it. The Gotcha Six podcast, a weekly podcast really came around during grad school where being in urban planning, the military rank and all that didn't really land with people. They weren't against it, but my rank was really, it did, it was like going back to ranger school. Like it didn't matter. So I had to right. kind of understand my identity. And then when I talked to veterans who were fully out um, in like the MBA programs, law school, just across campus, they were also kind of struggling with identity. So I was like, all right, how, there's something here. And I was like, well, let's find people who have kind of established identity, both in service and out of service that are veterans or current service members. So that's who I interviewed. We talk just like this on the Gotcha Dicks podcast in like 20 minutes or less, kind of how they found what they're passionate about, how they're finding fulfillment, how are they seeking purpose and continuing to serve others either after service or currently in service. So awesome. we've covered everything from like CEOs to professional athletes, nonprofits and you know content creators and everything in between. So what's been your biggest lesson or takeaway from doing the podcast? Your identity is constantly changing. Uh, the evolution. Right. And understanding that the biggest struggle I think we face on a daily basis is understanding where we are in that identity and then where we want to go. So mm -hmm. looking maybe at your role model is you 10 years from like right this moment right now and continuing to push towards that with adversity that comes and life is really exists in the transitions as opposed to trying to find like, so like perfect balance where everything, like you have that one perfect day. Yeah. So you, you have to have seen the Matthew McConaughey video chasing himself 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to put that in the show notes. Great. Greatest. I don't know what he was expect accepting Oscar. Grammy? Oscar. Yeah. Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, I'm not good at that stuff. It, one of the best videos, and I agree, you're always chasing yourself 10 years from now. And I think, you know, the identity crisis 
that veterans have when they take the uniform off is a big one. Yeah. Because everything that we do has been like interweaving that uniform and everything it stands for into our DNA, right? From whether you go to West Point or you go through boot camp, like everything is just pounding in not just the the core values or the culture or the mission, the honor, the pride, the the it doesn't actually matter what job I have in the army. It matters that I'm wearing this uniform and I'm serving a cause that is meaningful and and worthy yeah. of, you know. And that's service agnostic, right? Like totally. Air oh, Force, absolutely, Marine, absolutely. Space Force, like all of them. Yeah, it's that it's that sense of service where you're kind of putting yourself out there for a greater cause and a greater movement, right? The army exists to win and fight and win the nation's wars, but also understanding if you push and like anything else, like investment, whatever, put everything in one basket, eventually you're not going to have that basket anymore. Right. Yeah. So we're, it's, it's such an interesting thing because we want, we want a very well defined identity but like a uniform alone, like I wasn't just Captain Kramer when I was in the army. It was probably what everybody kind of knew me as. And it just like you're not just a just a West Point cadet when you're there. But like yeah. you get so much prestige maybe for it or respect for it that, you know, there's there's a little bit of ego tied to that. And then trying to trying to evolve is, you know, it's a it's a place that takes some some exploration yeah it like we all put clothes on right obviously in our own unique way whether it's shirt first or one pant leg at one right. at a time like but we all have to kind of go through that yeah and how you're wearing different clothes it's things. so interesting that you at, at grad school recognized that and and maybe it's because you had taken the uniform off and you weren't where you didn't have a rank and you were now you know civilianized for a bit because i think it's the one thing that when people are getting out off of active duty, they don't realize how much they're going to miss that uniform and that identity. And whether that's, you know, rank, that's just like, oh, when I walk in a room, I'm, I'm of quote importance, or I, I am at least immediately given respect. Not that, not that, you know, every leader has to earn that, but eventually, but like out of the gates, oh, that's a Lieutenant Colonel over there. Yep. Sir, good morning. You know, uh, I think it's it's a huge thing for people when they transition off active duty. And just like anything else, like when you're around different stakeholders, like you kind of have to sit in that adversity to understand what what you're trying to do together as a group, whether it's moving forward for a project or trying to get everyone on the same page in order to understand, hey, how do we make manipulate this space so it works for everybody? So... I think that that's my challenge to veterans a lot of the time is that you're struggling with, you know, no, no longer wearing the uniform and like, but the leader's job is to create the mission and create the meaning behind the mission and to rally the team towards that. And, and I think that it's going through that thought process that really allows a veteran and a leader that has transitioned from the military to kind of redefine like, oh, wait, there's still missions here. Absolutely. Uh, and in, in order to lead others, you have to be able to lead yourself first. And uh, I believe, fully believe- Shout out to Mike Irwin. And we have to be able to 
be absolutely obsessed with the life that we're living. And if not, there's a disconnect. And then we have to be able to sit in that adversity and find, figure out where did I have that? Where did I have that fulfillment? Where was I putting that into my cup? Where I was getting, you know, pride, all that, all that things that are good and fulfill us and purpose. How do I bring that back into my life? Hmm. You know, and sometimes that's just in the middle of the day. Like you have to, like, you know, how we always talk about like dominoes, right? Yeah. Domino one and a half size times the size can take it down. Yep. Right. Um, sometimes you have to like kind of stop that as dominoes fall in like a negative way, kind of more or less like make a positive domino. So like whether that's like listening to music that kind of like amps you up and like just being able to step back and say, hey, this isn't where I want to see things go. Full stop, take a tactical pause and let's do something that triggers dominoes to fall the other way. So talk to me about that because I think that there's kind of those obvious forks in the road when you're like, oh, well, I've hit my five years of active duty and I'm going to make a decision to get get yeah. off active duty or stay on active duty, right? Like there's there's kind of those obvious turning points. But what you're talking about is like day-to-day feeling, yeah. right? right? Talk to me about that. Well, it's with anything, right? There's consistency. Our, our, our habits are shaped over time, right? Where we are right now is based on positive or negative habits. And that word, I don't even like to kind of use it. I know I did, but it's not the best, to, right? Like habits are habits. Right. And in order to understand where we currently are in time and space, we have to kind of see what got us. And then under, is this where we want to continue to go down this way? Or is there another path that we have to go? And what's a beautiful thing is like, we control that narrative because we receive the information. How we react to that is that how we then execute wherever we want to go. And I know we're kind of getting like deep down below like infrastructure. It's, I, I kind of like it because, hey, this is, this is a different this is a different podcast. We get to go anywhere today. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading Doc Z's The Confident Mind. And it, it was a reminder. Doc Z is, is, is just an absolute son. rock star. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had him on your podcast yet? I have not. But I remember him being, I was, as a cadet, I would go to the center for enhanced performance like bi-weekly. Yeah, me too. The egg chair. I, I want to get an egg chair in my office. But the book reminds you that like you control the narrative. So there's two, two points I want to make. You know, we're, we're going off on a tangent and having our conversation. Hopefully the audience is following us. But two, two main points I want to pull out of that. One is you control the narrative that you're telling yourself, right? So at any time you can change that truly by just changing the words you're saying. Like, oh, I'm stressed out about this. Or no, I'm excited about the opportunity that we have in front of yeah. us. And truly those words over time can really, I'm doing it with my daughter right now. She's like, I'm not good at soccer. Like every time... And Doc C talks about this in the book. He's like, every time you walk through a doorway, say, I'm a great soccer player. I'm a hardworking soccer player. And like, just change that mindset. What he says is, success doesn't beget confidence. Confidence begets success. And, and like, that's a mindset shift. So that's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two is, we are, systems engineer and me, we are all the result of the systems we have. So whatever we're getting is, and to your point, those systems are usually habits, but you're, you're, you're not in shape or out of shape based on just one thing. Like, did I work out yesterday? It's like all of the things, you know, do I have enough time for food prep to eat well or, you know, whatever, whatever those habits are. So analyzing the week and the day and, and really figuring out how do you build a system that gets you 
to be the person you want to be 10 years from now. And then last, not focusing on the result or the outcomes, but focusing on the process daily. Yeah. I, the quote up there says, forget the fruit, lay the beast, focus on the work. <laughs> that's great. You know, I got to be able to zoom in on that. And th- you know, that, like to your point, that's exactly what it is, is when I personally, this is just me, when I've put in the work for anything that I've wanted in life, it's come out better than I've expected. Yeah. Have I achieved what I wanted all the time? Absolutely not. But I've put in work and other opportunities have presented themselves. I've, I, I've maybe had to build a door where there was a wall, right? but it worked out. But it's because I've put in that work over time. Since you pointed over there, what's the belt? So that I'm a pro wrestling fan, right? And I convinced my wife when we got married that maybe we should do like a slight WWE pro wrestling entrance. <laughs> which then led to me contacting the WWE, finding out who makes, the belt, makes their championship titles, getting then a custom one made, and then also contacting their costume designers to then work with my tuxedo and her wedding gown to have like Ric Flair style robes. And it ended up being this whole 30 minute show where we had like fireworks indoor and it was a whole thing. Yeah. Do we have YouTube footage of this? We do. Yeah, it's actually on Instagram. I'll, okay. I'll send it to you after this. <laughs> That's great. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified, service disabled, veteran owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. Any anything you do want to like, so your public policy master's degree, what are you looking at in it? What's going on in the world right now that's got you either excited or intrigued or curious in current events? I just read this fascinating book called Chip Wars by Chip Miller. And it talks okay. about from Stokely Labs, you know, all of that through how we got to where we are right now with the silicon chips all the way up to the Ukraine war, Ukraine Russian conflict. And it's just fascinating to me how segmented the industry whole supply chain is where it's dependent on what Taiwan kind of plays into that and why that hasn't changed over time. And it's only continued to be strengthened because of who can do what when it comes to manufacturing silicon wafers. I was on a call today talking about, you know, this, this Biden administration biomanufacturing push and, and, you know, how do we become less dependent on, you know, the world supply chain sure. and, you know, strengthen ours. It's, it's a fascinating, that's an, that's an entirely different, you know, Whole path that we could go down. But. And then when it comes to like urban planning, like Strode really kind of bother me the more I'm around them. Right? Yeah. Like, so obviously a, a road, right. It's not a lot of turns used to get high speed transport, right. High speed being, you know, right. Consistent where a street, right. Walkable. People interact with one another. There's, you know, a lot of things that occur and like essentially atoms and people are able to bounce off of one another, and kind of share ideas and things yeah. like that. But when you see like a strode, it's like there's signs up on both sides, not walkable, two to four lanes across. If you're crossing it, you don't know, like it's like Frogger. And those just kind of like hurt my heart a little bit seeing those. Yeah. I know they exist for a reason and, you know, um, but when, you know, I love to see walkable cities, green space, things like that. That just, that just fires me up. The built environment is also chasing itself 10 years from now. 
right? It's it's a constantly evolving, yeah. and, and maybe it's 20, 30 years based on how long an infrastructure project might take to get that approved we're, funded. We're at, we're at the point, too, sorry to cut you off. No, you're uh, good. Where we have to relook at the infrastructure that we've put in place over the last right. 60 years. How plus. is it serving us? Right. Or what, what do we reinvest in? What don't we reinvest in? For yeah. sure. All right. Switching gears to some rapid fire questions. Send them. You ready? Always. Most recommended book or favorite book out of your library? More Let's context. say we're in the army and you're Captain Kramer going to be a battery commander and field artillery. Okay. Right. A book, just looking at it right now, Athena. I know it's from two Annapolis, like Annapolis instructors. One's a grad, but it's fascinating to look at how we as men should mentor women and how that, how that can happen in, a, in a way that's positive for both parties. That's, that's a game changer to me. I've never heard of the book. Yeah. It's a that's fascinating read. It's got Cheryl Sandberg's in here. There's a lot. And I think I took, when I was in CGSC, Fort Leavenworth, took a women in leadership class. And this is how I kind of came about it. And okay. It, it's been a book that I, con- I keep on the top of my shelf. For, I'm constantly pulling it off. I'm, I'm intrigued to read it and get it from my little sister who went to the Coast Guard Academy. Okay. And she studied kind of, um, she was kind of studying the identities that women take on in leadership roles in, in the military culture. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be intrigued to share that book with her. So that's one, The Art of War. No, the, it's a Stephen Pressfield book. It's on my nightstand. I read it from time to time. It talks about just overcoming resistance okay. daily as you create something. And then Eric Partake wrote Three Alarms, which essentially is you put in three alarms for who you want to be for different things, right? Personally, professionally, and like in your relationships with your family. Or if there's some other identity you're looking to form. And the whole book overview is essentially when those alarms go off, it's triggering you to fill that role. Hmm. So Give essentially me an example. Like, example would be like Beyonce. And she goes out there to be Sasha Fierce, right? She embodies those characteristics. So like if you like one would be like if you see a, a movie reference, this is just random, but Harry Stamper. From Armageddon, right? Okay. Bruce Willis, the drilling, right? And he yep. talks about I've, he's never missed a mark on his life. I can get to 800 feet. We're going to do it. And like having that stick to that drive, that motivation, being able to rally troops, you know, when the world is on the line kind of thing. Like having those kind of identities, but the deeper you look into what values that person encapsulates, uh, use that encapsulates thank you. Then you're, you, that triggers you when the alarm goes off to go do that, right? So if like you want to work out in the morning, you envision this person that's just an absolute powerhouse. You then take on that identity when the alarm goes off. Hmm. And not hit snooze. Right. Yeah. That, that's driving you to get out of whatever you're doing and then focus on that. Got it. All right. Those would be three that Those, just kind of come and off the top of my head. Athena Rising and Three Alarms. I've never, never heard of either of them. So excited new books in my in my repertoire favorite quote i got the one up here that i wrote when i was uh when i was a plea for it was probably during like ring weekend tough times don't last forever tough people do and i think that's just the one i think quotes can be useful in the moment but that's just the one that's always stuck with me i found a rock outside of the barracks i took a sharpie and i wrote it on there 
it's it's lived with me ever that's awesome yeah. I, I like that story all right you get to have a dinner party with three people dead or alive who would they be okay i have both deceased and living but we're, we'll keep it living yeah. for now i think like a ryan reynolds playing the rock johnson right just because I find them fascinating how they approach deliberately and they look at the world both as an entertainer and entrepreneur. And I think I would throw in Pat McAfee into that group. Uh, hmm. Well, there, there's three. That's three. Um, yeah. Pat McAfee. That's an interesting one. I don't know how much you know about Pat McAfee. I'm not, not a ton. Okay. NFL kicker for, right. the Colts I, I, for like a right. number of years as a Pat McAfee show. Yeah. He's What's a big Eagles. He, he, he loves the Eagles. I think. <laughs> like he's always given us love. Yeah. 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 I I've um, just identified myself as a player on the Eagles team. There you go. <laughs> Congratulations. That's huge. But like uh, what I found really impressive is when he was 17 comes from like just humble beginnings. He was able to save up money it, while he was living in Pittsburgh, went to an underground poker tournament where he was again, 17 and the, there was like grown men competing he ends up short long story short he ends up winning taking the winnings and allow it pays for him to go to this kicking camp <laughs> where he's then seen by west virginia and just over time right it's he's continued to bet on himself and the people around him and he just continues to build success is it always great and wonderful i'm sure it's not but wow i love people that continue to bet on themselves it's That's, hard not to root for them no, you know? i i agree I love that story. I did not know all that. Last question. What do you want on your tombstone? Loved. Right? Just like, I wanted, I, I, I don't really, like, people aren't going to, there's going to be a time where my name just stops being mentioned, and I recognize that. But that dash meant something to me, is really the most important. Right? How I lived, how I loved, how I helped other people. Right? Have I enjoyed life? Have I made the world a better place? Those are the, kind of the two checkmarks I had. Yeah. I'm able to check those off daily, like, we're crushing it. everything else is just cake. Yeah. Agree. Close us out. Any parting wisdom, any inspiration you want to share with our listeners that ranges from transitioning veterans to young aspiring engineers up to, you know, senior executives in, in the private and public engineering construction and planning sector. Don't self-select. I think far too often we say we can't do this or like that doesn't fit our skill set where we should all be able to live a life that we're absolutely obsessed with. So I wish that for everyone. Awesome. Tony Nash, awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for everything you're doing on Got Your Six. Thanks for your time tonight. And keep kicking ass. Thanks, BJ. It's an honor to be here, brother. Appreciate all right, it. All brother. Thank you. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.